Uh, there has to be a PowerPoint. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Let's pray. <clears throat> and so, Lord, we thank you for this morning, for the privilege to be here to look into your word. I pray that you will guide my thoughts and words, that it will bring glory to you first and foremost, and that it will be a blessing to everyone that is here. I ask that your spirit will lead me, and your spirit will work to convict, to strengthen, to encourage, that God's word will be life, will be light, will be food, will be all that we need. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Yeah, so it's good to see you this morning. Um, as you can see, this should be resurrection part two. But uh, the call came at 2 p.m. yesterday. So that's why we have to anchor. So I have to anchor my life on Christ, just like you have to. So David is supposed to speak this morning, or maybe I was supposed to. <laughs> I'm here. So, all right. So we'll share a few thoughts, and uh, hopefully you'll be blessed. More about Jesus would I know. More of his grace to others show. More of his saving fullness see more of his love who died for me. More about Jesus, let me learn. More of his holy will discern. Spirit of God, my teacher, be showing the things of Christ to me. More about Jesus on his throne. Riches in glory, all his own. More of his kingdom shall increase. More of his coming prince of peace. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness. More of his love who died for me. Sound by my, my mother in Nigeria many years ago while walking in the kitchen. As a young man, I listened to it. I sang along. Whether I understood it or not, didn't matter, but it was sound. It's good to learn more about Jesus because uh, he's the only anchor that we have. Um, so we share a few thoughts. Hopefully you'll be blessed today. But because sometimes uh, preachers have to relax. That's why these questions are asked sometimes. Just to get us to, to get you to participate and then get us to, ah, all right, we are ready now. So I'm going to have you ask a few questions of you. Because I'm going to make a suggestion to you during this message as part of your end of year and new year gift. Oh, before I forget, uh, there will be Sunday school practice, Christmas practice on Saturday after the Rejoice closing. So do we have food for Rejoice? So there is food for Rejoice. So it starts, Rejoice starts at 12, and then probably ends around 2, and then the closing for about an hour. So it will be about 
from 12 to 3. The kids have energy, so they'll be running up and down. So the parents just need to show up and then be a part of it. Okay, so I just want to mention that because I'm likely to forget to mention it. Oh, we didn't answer the first question. What gospel contains the I am statements of Jesus? The gospel of John. Jesus said these words himself. So, let's go for it. How many I am statements are there in the gospel? What number? Huh? Seven. She said seven. Others are afraid to say it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? All right. What are the seven common I am statements? I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life is there in John, in the Gospel of John. I am that I am is in Exodus, so. I am the vine is also there in John. I am the good shepherd is also there in John. I am the soon coming king is probably in Revelation. I have come that you may have life. I'm the what? The light of the world. All right, so, so there are so many, there are about seven of them, so let's just go over them so that we can. I am the bread of life. Jesus spoke this after he fed the 5,000 people, or 5,000 men beside women and children. So I think there were about 20,000 people that he fed that day. And they came back for more food, so he told them he's the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. Just before you open the eyes of the man that was born blind, he made it clear that he's the light of the world. And I am the door of the sheep. He said that um, in John chapter 10, as he was going to talk about the good shepherd, the door by me, if you enter and you have eternal life, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. Willingly laid down his life. I am the resurrection and the life. He said that as he encountered Martha and Mary. And their brother Lazarus had been in the grave for four days. So, and Martha said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And he said, your brother will live again. And Martha said, I know. At the resurrection, the last day. And then Jesus said, I am. And then he brought back Lazarus to life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. This was when the disciples were distraught as he was saying, I'm going away. And uh, Thomas said, where are you going? And then he said, uh, you should know where I'm going. He said, we don't know. And then he told him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I am the true vine. In John chapter 15, he says, apart from me, you need to abide, or apart from me, you will do nothing. So, so these are the seven ones. I was looking at the commentary. These are, they said, these are the seven I ams. I like to suggest there, is, there might be one more, or maybe more than this. 
So I will say name the overlooked I am of Jesus in the gospel of John. Does anybody know? Fear not. Huh? Fear not. Fear not. Yeah, I'm looking for the phrase, I am. Oh, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. Wonderful. I'm not going to read this because it will take a long time to finish. So what happened here? The Pharisees were busy asking, you know, arguing with Jesus Christ and said, you have a demon. Didn't we say you were born of uh, corruption? So, and uh, then in verse 52, let's read. Now the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead and the prophets and you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste it. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead, and the prophets are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered. If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your father. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do not but I do know him and keep his words. And notice verse 56. <laughs> Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And that got them all riled up. Then they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Before Abraham was, I am. We spoke about the incarnation this morning. Before Abraham was, he said, I am. All right, so... Three great books for your end, for, for year end and the new year. So I want to suggest to you three books you should be reading. I, I, one of the catalogs came to my house and then they were giving me a great list of books to read during the holidays. So I'm going to suggest to you at least three. The book of Hebrews. It talks a lot about the fact that Jesus is better and is greater. Right? The book of Colossians, it talks about the fact that he is the greatest. It's all centered around Christology, Christ. Of course, John, his mission was to show that the Lord Jesus is the greatest. So when my wife was editing this, she said, put three great epistles. I said, Hebrew is epistles because the letter Colossians is, but John, I don't think it is. So let's put books. You're wondering, where are the books? They're in your Bible. That's the three great books. And there's a, an app called, what is it called again? Let me see what the name is so that I don't missay it. It's called, um, 
Bible, not gateway, the app. What? Not new version. Not version. I'm not looking for version. There's an app where you can download Bible on your phone. It's just called Bible. So get that on your phone, and then you get all kinds of translations, and then you will be set. So, so what I do is uh, when I go for walks in the trail when it is quiet, I notice that the King James Version has the loud one that can play, so I play it. And then, so, so these days, I, there's something like e-read, right? Not just, so you, it can e-read for you, so I let it read. And then when I find out I don't understand the, new, the King James, then I go to NLT, it also has e-read. And if I don't understand it, then I go to ESV, it also has e-read. All kinds of translations. So my suggestion to you, three great books, Hebrews, Colossians, John. Read to you by people or you read it by yourself. It's going to fill your mind with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you need to anchor your faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. And for those who like extra, Revelation. A great read. In fact, it says, blessed are those who read this book. So I don't know why the flyers in my stuff didn't have John, Colossians, and all of this. But these are three great books to read. And there's a reason for this. These books speak a lot about the Lord Jesus Christ and tend to lift our eyes beyond just the ordinary into the realm where he's God. It's a good read. And it tells you a lot about him. So anchor your faith on Jesus Christ because he's the rescuer from sin. Tolu says he likes that word. Jesus Messiah, the rescuer for sinners. So he's the rescuer from sin. Jesus Christ is the eternal God. Jesus Christ is the all-sufficient God. Is God's final word. Is the ultimate victorious one. No one can conquer the Lord Jesus. So these are the things I'm going to, I have a few slides, I'm going to zap through so that I can get through my slides. But the focus is on the Lord Jesus Christ. More about Jesus will I learn. More. More about Jesus. The more I anchor my life on the Lord Jesus Christ, the better it is. Anxieties disappear, concerns I can take to him, and then life has meaning and purpose. Jesus Christ is the rescuer from sin. We have to start from there. You are familiar with these words. They remain true. They were true when they were written. They were true before they were written, and they're still, they're still true. All of us are sinners, and we need to be saved from sin. The Lord Jesus made this profound statement, what shall it profit a man if he gains the old world and loses soul? And so salvation is ultimately the greatest gift and the best gift that anyone can have. Because the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Say, I know these verses. Yes, you do. But we need to remind ourselves of important truths. We should never forget that God so loved the world that he sent his son. We should never forget that. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And then he spoke to Thomas and to the disciples as they were destroyed. said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not many ways to life. Only one way. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Not many truths. I hear such things, uh, such nonsensical things as my truth, your truth. You bring your truth to the table. I bring my truth. Sorry. It's only one truth. I, I imagine, you know, like if doctors were to perform surgery on you and they all bring their various version of truth, you probably won't come out of that place alive. They have only one set of ways, at least main ways that they are all following. But we live in a world of confusion where people say, my truth, your truth, you can believe anything you like. Not so. The Lord Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Peter made it clear in Acts, there is salvation in no other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So my question to you is that are you saved? Because if you are not saved, everything else that we're going to say is probably not very meaningful. Okay, and if you are, you need to remind yourself that I thank God for saving me. I thank God for him pulling me out of the pit of hell and making me his own. Jesus is the rescuer from sin. So anchor yourself on the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are not saved, today should be the day. Don't leave this place without being saved. The second point is that the Lord Jesus is the eternal God. That's important. He is God. We know. And let's read together Hebrews. So the books that I said you should read, I'm going to zap through some of them. Just remind you, those books. Please study them during the Christmas season. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophet, as in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So the book of Hebrews is that Jesus is better. That's why you need to study the book. He's better than the angels. He's better than Moses. He's better than the law. He's better than the sacrifice. He's better. And then he goes on. For to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son? Today I have begotten you, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. But when he bring, again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God 
worship him. And of the angels, he said, who makes his angels spirit and his ministers a flame of fire. But to the son, he says, notice, your throne, O God. God says to the son, your throne, O God. It's for how long? It's forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And you, Lord, again, it's being said to the Son, and you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you remain, and they will all grow old like a garment. Like a cloak, you will fold them up, and they will be changed. Talk about change, climate change. But you are the same, and your years will not fail. But to which of the angels he has ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirit sent to minister for those who will inherit salvation? So Jesus is better. And Jesus is forever. He's the eternal God. That's a fact. And that's the truth. It doesn't matter what others think. That's what it is. Hebrews, the book of Hebrews. Jesus Christ has a throne that will last forever. The best is yet to come. Is the king whose throne will last forever. That's what Hebrews tells us. But unto the son he says, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. His priesthood. His high priestly ministry, where he intercedes for us and works on our behalf, is forever. In the Old Testament, there were priests like Aaron, Aaron's children, and all the others who used to offer sacrifice on behalf of other people. But there was something that happened. Just like the other people, they expired, they died. So they couldn't continue offering the sacrifice. But Jesus offered one sacrifice of himself. And when he did that, became the priest and his priesthood lasts forever. His sacrifice on the cross is also forever. For by one sacrifice he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. John Wells spoke on this last week. His existence is forever. It doesn't change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The climate might change. Circumstances might change. Thrones and kings might change. Remember the last queen just of England just passed away and now we have a new king. Right? 
They are all changing all the time, but the Lord Jesus remains the same. And his glory will be forever. All of that is found in the book of Hebrews. That's why I'm saying it's a book to read. It should be your bedtime read and your Christmas uh, reading list. All right? Hebrews. And it's in the Bible. So play it, listen to it, read it. Because they will point you to the Father Jesus is better. He's also the all-sufficient God. More about Jesus will I learn. More about Jesus will I learn. So those um, that go to Bible college, I'm sure they learn all kinds of things. There's something called Christology where they're learning about the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm sending you to the book that will tell you things about Christ. Let's read it and let's study it. Let's meditate on it. Colossians. I love this book. It has a lot to say. I'm sure it was mentioned this morning about Gnostics and things like that. And here in the, the book of Colossians in chapter 2, you will see that you know, people were making sentences, things that say that we need more than the Lord Jesus Christ. We need this, we need this, we need this. And then Paul had to say that he's all that we need. He's more than sufficient. And so let's read together Colossians chapter 1. I've read this many times and I always meditate on these verses because they are always bless my heart. I want you to notice the word all. All. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Now he begins to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the image of the invisible God. You want to know God? Get to know the Lord Jesus Christ. The firstborn over all creation, for by him all things, we are beginning to look at all, were created that are in the heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. All. And he is before all things. And in him all things consist. And is the head of the church, the body. Who is the, begun, be, the beginning? The firstborn from the dead. That in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the father that in him all the fullness should dwell. And by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, if you are a believer, he's talking to you directly. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, you were far from God, you were separated from God. Yet now, today, 
He has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. That's what Calvary did. To do what? To present you. Holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. To present you. Wonderful words. They are worth memorizing, having it here. And the best way to do it is if you can't read it and memorize it, play it over and over again, and then it will begin to sing and become yours. Colossians. Jesus Christ created all things. Jesus Christ is before all things and sustains all things. He's before all things, and in him all things consist. Jesus Christ is above all. In all, that in all things he may have the preeminence or the first place. He has all wisdom. And here Paul talks about philosophy so-called and those who are, tend to think they have insight. All wisdom dwell with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why you, get to, you have to get to know him better. And he's God. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. So, one, one other read for your holiday. Colossians. Just read. Then, you know, writing, counseling the handwriting of ordinances that were written against us. He took it out of the way and nailed it to the cross. Having spoiled principalities. It's all there. David Hansen said, I memorized the entire book when I was in college. So, you can get it down so that you it helps to think about the Lord Jesus Christ and then gives you confidence. So, Jesus Christ is God's word. And God's word is settled forever. Jesus was speaking one day. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. So that's why we need to get to know him better. John, this was read this morning. The word became flesh. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. And verse 18, I like the way the New American Standard puts it. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God. Hear that? Jesus, the only begotten God, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. You want to know God? Get to know Jesus Christ. He explains God. So it's the word. So, all right. Philip said, in John, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. And it's sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me? Philip, he who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? So Jesus is God's alphabet of grace revealing the heart and mind of God. The book of John helps us to know that. So get to know him and then study. So, and in John, again, we normally speak about these things. These are wonderful things. Where there was a wedding in Cana, and then they ran out of wine. And Mary came to Jesus 
say they have no more wine. And then she told the crowd, the people around, whatever he says to you, do it. And when they did it, what happened? Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out of it and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it to the master and the water turned to wine. And then they say, you've reserved the best for the last. May I suggest to you that the best has probably been reserved for the end of the year as you read the book of Hebrews, the book of John, the book of Colossians, and Revelation as extra. Getting to know the Lord Jesus Christ is the best thing that can happen to you and me. And the more we know about him, the more confident we will be in a world of confusion where people don't know where they are going or who they are. So the noble man, this man had a son that was sick and was almost dying. And then Jesus said, said Jesus, uh, come and heal my son. And then Jesus said, uh, unless you see, you won't believe. Then he pleaded, he said, come down before my son dies. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he went his way. And he was going down. A servant met him and told him, saying, your son lives. The Lord Jesus is God's word. And the spoken word and written word, you can get to know him better by studying the word of God. By reading the word of God and then falling in love with Jesus again. You need to remind yourself that the Lord Jesus is also a miracle worker. We tend to forget in the Western world, we tend to try to explain everything away. And then analyze it. You know, we analyze and see the details. How did it happen? We forget that he is God. And he performs beyond what we think. He said, the word that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So get to know God's word so that your spirit will be charged. And life will come upon you as you study his word. The sick man at the bedside pool. In John again, we see in John chapter 5. When the Lord Jesus said, do you want to get well? This man had been sick and lying there for 38 years. And he said, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool. What kind of question is that that you're asking? Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Of course, you can imagine what happened to the Pharisees. Miracle on the Sabbath. They went wild. So, the man who was born blind. Remember him? When the disciples saw him and then they said, Jesus, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Apparently, everybody knew that, that this man was born blind. And Jesus said, neither his parents nor this man. But this happened so that the glory of the Lord might be revealed. And so Jesus um, made a spit, made mud, put it on his eyes, said, go and wash. And then he went and washed and he came back. And then the Pharisees began to interrogate him asking him all kinds of questions and he, you know, he was responding at some point he said, do you want to become his disciple? They said, no, you are a sinner. We are Moses' disciples. 
And then at this point he said, uh, <clears throat> so Jesus uh, healed him, just telling him, say to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he went and washed and came back saying. The emphasis is not on the man or any of these people we've mentioned. The emphasis is on the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to see him. In all of life's circumstances and situations, the impossible and the possible, the explainable and the non-explainable, we want to see the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when we see him, we can live life better because we have an anchor that we can lean on. And that's why we need to go back to the word of God and read. Read, or at least if you can't read, play it into your ears and do both and get your mind saturated with the word of God. Confidence will come in the midst of life, trials, and circumstances. Lazarus, remember him? The problem with you and me is that we are so familiar with these things. We forget that they are miracles. They are not everyday occurrence. They don't happen. It only happened with one man. The Lord Jesus made them happen. So we read these things and then we pack them. So yeah. That was for Mary and Martha. And then we leave them there. Yes, we can leave the story, but let's not leave the miracle worker himself, the Lord Jesus. Let's lay hold of him. So Lazarus, what happened? Uh, this one died, and then they told him that your friend Lazarus is sick in John chapter 11. And when they told him that his friend Lazarus is sick, he said, this is not... Uh, to death, but for the glory of God. And then the disciples said, yeah, well, if he's sleeping, he said he's sleeping. And then they say, if he's sleeping, well, nothing to worry about. He said, no, he's dead, let's go. And Thomas, of course, said, let's go and die with him because the last time we were there, we were being chased out of town. And so when he went to uh, and saw Martha, Martha said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then Jesus said, I'm the resurrection. Mary came and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. And said, where have you led him? And then he cried with a loud voice. Lazarus came forth. And he who had died came out bound, hands and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with clothes. Jesus said to him, lose him and let him go. What does this mean to you? Get to know Jesus better. It doesn't matter how much of him you know. There is always more of him to be known. In fact, Dr. Hansen said something this morning. He said, if we fully know God, then he's no longer God. There's always more to be discovered. And that's why we need to go back to the word of God and study it for ourselves. We don't have to wait for you know, some expert miracle worker or somebody that claims he's the one that has the word. You can have the word of God by studying it for yourself. So, on this occasion, what happened? Again, in the book of John, he spoke some hard words and some people went away. And then Jesus turned to the disciples and said, will you also go away? And Peter said, to whom shall we go? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. That's why you need to read the word of God. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Get to read the word so that you might get life infused in you and you have confidence. 
So you notice that I've touched on John, I've touched on Colossians, I've touched on Hebrews. All I just did was to, you go to, there's more. I just, just kind of waiting the appetite so that you can go for more. But in all of those books, we are only looking for one person, the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus, the anchor of our soul. So he's the ultimate victorious one. In Revelation chapter 22, we read these words, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according to his work. And he says, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. So much is written there. But the thing that we need to note is that whatever the Lord Jesus starts, he finishes. He doesn't do half measure projects. And Genesis, he created heaven and earth. Revelation is going to create new heaven and new earth. So whatever he starts in our lives, he will finish. In Genesis, man fell into sin. In Revelation, believers are delivered from the consequences of sin, the power of sin, and the presence of sin. Ultimate victory. So, the completion of Genesis. Ultimate victorious one. Never lose sight of the resurrection. Because you can't argue with a man who raises himself from the dead. It's the only one. You can't. You can make all the arguments that you want and speak all the eloquence, grammar, and explanation that you want. When the day comes, you die like every other person in spite of your grammar and your explanation. Only one man raised himself from the dead, the Lord Jesus. So he's the ultimate victorious one. So like the angel said, don't be afraid for I know whom you seek. Jesus, who was crucified, is not here. He's risen. Come and see the place where he laid. So he lives forevermore, and death cannot hold him. So you can't argue with that. And of course, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 17 to 18, that's why Revelation is extra for you to read. And when I saw him, John says, I felt at his feet as dead. But he laid his hand on me, saying to me, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive. For how long? Forevermore. Forevermore. And I have the keys. I have the keys of Hades and of death. We need to anchor our life on the Lord because it makes for a great ending regardless of how it looks because we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. My sheep hear my voice, he says, and I know them and they will never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. So that's why we need to just go back and study the word of God for ourselves and be students of the word so we can gain confidence. What does this mean to you? Finally, as we close... Don't you just love PowerPoints? If I was rambling on without the PowerPoints, you know, you'd be looking at, when will it stop? What does this mean? 
Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the great revelation chapter, he says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We'll not all sleep, but we'll all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable, this body that gives us all kinds of troubles, this perishable will have put on the imperishable and this mortal will have put on immortality. Then will come about the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I added something there. Therefore, because of this, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Saturate your mind with the Lord. Go out to do the work of the Lord because it's never in vain. Never wasted. He has swallowed up dead for us. Well, those are the thoughts I had. And uh, I actually learned I was going to be sharing at 2, 2 p.m. yesterday. And I was scratching my head. Oh, what are we going to do? But I still remember that more about Jesus we can learn. And my challenge to you is don't let the year pass without the book of John, without Hebrews, without Colossians, and without Revelation. Just let it play to you and read it and think about the Lord Jesus Christ. That will strengthen your soul and help you in your life journey. Let's pray. So Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus Christ. He makes all the difference. Even in the storms of life, we can look to him. I pray that you will help us to learn more about Jesus, to meditate more on him, and to grow. Help us to trust him more, and to lean on him. We thank you for your word. I pray for great blessing for all of your people as they live this morning, that you will sustain them and keep them in your love. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. He couldn't have finished. Sorry, come on. Those are the without him of the ages. Yes, he is the him of the ages.